0: My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? These are the final intelligible words we hear from Jesus in the earlier written account of the Gospel of Mark. It's in the pinnacle of suffering that Jesus utters these words. It's the very same words that begin the psalm from which the Generations Church vision derives. I cannot think of a better Sunday to show how the example we have in Jesus correlates exactly with what's happening right now at Generations Church. Mark gives us several details to help his readers feel the weight of the moment. Before we get into some of the details of the scene, here's the main point. I just want to give it to you up front. Jesus was sent so that we knew how to be human and to be And Jesus to be the sacrifice. Let me say that again. Jesus was sent so that we knew how to be human. And Jesus was sent to be the sacrifice. So today on Send Overstay Sunday, we're able to see how Jesus setting this example for us calls us to live as sent people in our lives. Mark begins the account of Jesus hanging on the cross with darkness. Having been on the cross some hours, darkness sets in. A few weeks ago, I told the story of the Passover. I'd encourage you to go back and rewatch that teaching as I retold that story. Because once again, the history of Israel comes into play. The ninth plague in Egypt, when God was freeing his people from slavery, was a three-day period of Darkness followed by the final plague, the death of the firstborn, either a lamb or a child. Author Warren Wearsby notes the darkness of Calvary was an announcement that God's firstborn and beloved Son, the Lamb, was giving his life for the sins of the world. Sin is a pollution that contaminates and distorts everything. It has distorted us, it has distorted our world. And just like smog that needs to be run through an air purifier to be clean, our lives must be cleansed as well. And it's Jesus and his act on the cross that provides means of that cleansing. And then Jesus there on the cross states the first verse of Psalm 22, which is misinterpreted by some as a cry for Elijah as he says, Eloi, Eloi. Surely, if Jesus is righteous, God will spare him. So they look at him and they mock him. Because if God was present in this man, then God would surely spare him from suffering and death. Instead of the divine voice from heaven intervening in this moment, it's the voice of Jesus who cries out. Jesus' cry of Psalm 22 was not one of physical pain, psychological confusion, or dread of death. Jesus was fully aware of what he was willingly experiencing. God was willingly allowing it to happen. There was going to be no miraculous rescue of Jesus that preceded his death. Jesus would die. He was forsaken by God in his death so we would never have to See, Jesus' citation of Psalm 22, 1 does something additional as well. Jesus alerts us to the end of the promise. Jesus knows that while the consequences are present and he is fulfilling this unique sacrifice there on that day that that, that no one else could fill, that there on the other end of that feeling of abandonment, that very real forsakenness was a promise of God's presence and restoration. See, that the ends of the earth, that all nations, that all people would come to know the righteous one. Let me, let me read Psalm 22 for you, the concluding verse, so that we can get a picture of what Jesus is alluding to here on this day for all those who experience and watching it. See, it says, starting in verse 27 of Psalm 20, it says, All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you, for kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. All who prosper on the earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Even the one who cannot preserve his life, their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what he has done. Jesus is alerting the crowd there on that day. While people looked on and mocked and scorned and says, come down off of that cross, surely Elijah will save him, surely God will intervene. Jesus is saying no. Here on this moment when all seems lost, when all seems forsaken, I'm clinging to a promise that days, thousands of years from now, people will be talking about me, the crucified and then risen Savior. See, Jesus was experiencing the consequences of something he had never done there on that cross. He had lived a life out out of his own understanding. He didn't do that, but we do that time and time again. And Jesus died. And God accepts that sacrifice of Christ. As tangible evidence, the curtain of the sanctuary there, Mark recalls, was split into, and do not miss this, from top to bottom. We know that there are two curtains in the temple. And Mark does not clue us in on whether it's the inner or the outer curtain. Regardless, the separation between the Gentiles and the Jews or the courts from the holy place where God dwelt was no more. There was no more division. Further, this was God's doing. The barrier that sin created both spiritually and naturally between God and man has been atoned for. The bill has been paid with Jesus' life, meaning God in all his glory is now freely and fully accessible to all people. You no longer have to go to a physical space to interact with God. What began with a claim in Mark one now is concluding with a confession. It comes in the unlikeliness of people. It's shocking, as Mark recounts. A person who is responsible for the very death of Jesus comes into awareness of who he is. The confession of the soldier is not mocking. It's not misguided, it's not misapplied. It directly confronts his worldview. For it was Caesar who was the son of God. It was Caesar who was Lord. And it's only in full view of the claims about Jesus and now his subsequent death that the soldier claims Jesus is the son of God. Most likely, this soldier had seen others crucified. But something is different about this crucifixion. The very weakness and suffering of Jesus' death becomes revelatory. What's shocking to the reader is that those who are present with Jesus, the women, seem the most unlikely to tell his story. There in front of them is the crucified Son of God, the Messiah, who died for his friends and his enemies, for the least likely of all humanity. At the intersection of the cross was the intersection of God and humanity. Now, I enjoy puzzles, putting them together, finding the patterns, you know, doing the edges first to make the picture. But what always helps as, we tr- as I try to put the picture together of the puzzle is that picture on the cover of the puzzle box. I enjoy the sense of accomplishment. I enjoy the, the challenge. But I always know that I can go back to a single reference point. Mark emphasizes the shocking claim that the crucified and risen Jesus is the Messiah. And throughout his account of Jesus' life, it's puzzling. People have been pulling pieces together here and there, trying to figure out what it means to look at Jesus and understand who he truly is. But we only rightly see Jesus when we see his life and his death, his suffering and his sacrifice. And ultimately, his resurrection. See, Jesus was sent so that we knew how to be human. And he was sent to be the sacrifice. It's only in the giving of ourselves do people truly understand what we believe. Jesus shows us what it's like to give ourselves to others. So others may come into awareness of who he is. When people functionally or verbally look around and go, where are you, God? It's the church's job. It's the followers of Jesus' responsibility to embody the reality of Jesus so that people may say, I'm not sure I believe what you believe, but I believe that you believe what you believe because you continuously give yourself away for the sake of others. Because together, we as Generation Church listen and respond to Jesus together. Because we take our cue from him. When we need a reference point to go back to, we come back to Jesus time and time again. This is why Generation Church has resolved itself to be a church that is both looking to be faithfully present within the community and start new churches. We want people to know that God has not forgotten about them we want people to know that they aren't alone in this world nor that they have to live life in isolation this is more than just me saying and attempting to live this out the whole vision is that a whole community nay, a whole family of people live this out together and we can only do this we can only keep going when what motivates us is the very being that is also the message we share that we've been brought into God's family via God's son. We want people to believe in that message and live out of that love. Generations Church, this is why we serve, this is why we do Egg My House, that's why we're so excited to send off Damien and Seeds of Greatness Ministries. Because we believe more people will come to know in the name of Jesus who he is and what he has done them and begin to experience the wholeness and the beautifulness of God's family together when we both live faithfully and send people purposefully. I'm excited to share with you just a little bit more about Seeds of Greatness and what God is doing.
1: Hey, Pastor Damian Young here from Seeds of Greatness Ministries, and we are excited as a ministry to share our hope, our story, and what's next It's rooted in a passage of scripture that says in John 20, 21, then Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you as my father has sent me. Even so send I you. We serve a sending God and God is a sending God. And not just that, but Jesus had so much intended for us that he is a sending savior. He says, As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. We're excited about Send Over Stay Sunday because we believe in the authority of the church to send. For it says in Acts 13, 1 through 3, now there was in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets, teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and, and, and Manian which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas, and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their their hands on them, they sent them away. So the question really is, as we approach Send Over Stay Sunday, which one comes first, pray, bless, or multiply? Um, The first one that comes first is pray, because they said in the scripture, and when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Prayer is always going to come first in everything. And then after that, it's going to be the blessing. And they laid their hands on them. And last but not least is going to be multiply. For... John said this in John the 15th chapter, verse 5 I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Um, multiplication happens when we abide in him and he abides in us, and God has intended for us to bear much fruit. So we just believe as a ministry that, you know what, hey, um, the church is gonna pray for us, the church is gonna bless us, and then we're gonna multiply.
0: Now, Damon, I've known you for a little while, and I always got to ask, though, because I think people get to know a little bit where you're from by this. Favorite
1: football team? Go. Oakland Raiders.
0: You know they're not in Oakland anymore, right? They're in Las Vegas.
1: They're still in Oakland because they're at home with us in my heart. (laughs) Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. Now, Damon, you are
0: starting a new church in Vancouver what is the mission
1: of this new church plant? All right. The mission of this new church plant is for us to seek the lost and the wounded, empower the powerless, and help everyone recognize that greatness lies within you. That sounds like a people focused ministry. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. Our values are seeking people, empowering people, helping people, challenging people, and redeeming people. How do you go about
0: doing that? Do you have a story that you could share?
1: Sure. Great story. Great time that we had as a ministry um, man. Just mm-hmm. serving God in the kingdom is was during Thanksgiving. Um, we hosted this event called the least of These Thanksgiving dinner. Um, it was a community um, collaboration between the NAACP um, River City Church and our ministry. And we served over three hundred and fifty people.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's really cool. Now you've been serving the community for a long time time, and so what are some of the ways that Seeds of Greatness Ministries has been serving the community? I know you've done more than just Thanksgiving, so I hope people get a little bit of the backstory to the, just, yeah, to the heart that you guys have.
1: Sure. Um, man, we've done that in numerous ways. Um, one of the ways we've done that is that um, We've done a demonstration of love haircuts for over a year. Um, We gave away free haircuts to people, man, that were transitioning back into society. Um, We've done adopt a high school where we went through and um, we adopted high schools and helped out um, homeless um, youth in our community that needed lunch and um, just fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, Not just that, but we've done Man, we have a um, behind the walls. We were doing a Bible study, helping people um, transition back into society by kind of just being a support group for them. Um, Man, some other ways we've done a demonstration of love Christmas where um, we gave away. um, Man, we helped over 150 families. Um, This was our. Fourth year doing it, Um, man, we've been doing it consistently and annually.
0: Hmm. that's so amazing how you've been very purposeful with meeting the needs of people and i know your heart is to transition just to some of the good works that you've been doing to keep doing those good works but to see people also join a new faith community in the form of a new church and so what is your strategy as people begin to connect with seeds of greatness ministries
1: our strategy for um, people connecting is is that we um, what we like for people to do. Um, I think we've got a dynamic strategy. We think in terms of steps and not programs. Um, our first step is that we want people to explore. Um, after they explore, we want people to get planted. After they get planted, we want people to grow. After they grow, we want people to produce. And after they produce, we want people to reproduce themselves.
0: So if people are hearing about all these events and activities and they listen to that strategy outlined, and maybe even self-identify where they're at and they would like to learn a little bit more or connect with you. How can people do that?
1: Yes, if you want to go ahead and um, man take the journey with us and explore what it looks like to follow Jesus, you're, you can either do that three ways. The first way is you can contact Damien Young. That is D A M I O N Young at a call to greatness org. The second way is if you want, if you just want to uh, and you don't mind the personal way, you can go ahead and call me on my cell phone at code three six zero. 9802306. The last way is for you to go on our website at a call to Just go ahead, fill in the contact information, and we will get back to you. Other than that, um, I hope you're um, man empowered and that, hey, you'll take man that risk and go ahead and explore what it looks like to follow Jesus.
0: Man, that's, that's incredible. I hope you take uh, Damien up on his offer to connect with him. And one of those ways, and if someone wanted to say so so what, what do you got going on next what's the next activity or event where would people show up to be a part
1: of that all right um the next dynamic event that you can connect with us at is it's going to be easter morning we want you to go ahead and go on youtube and facebook live um, we're going to be live streaming our first service um, man it is going to be a dynamic time it is truly going to be a dynamic time. Um, that Sunday morning, man, we are going to talk about, man, um, man, the more that we know him, the more. Because it's really all about knowing Jesus, not just really just uh, uh, reading the story about the resurrection, but it's really about experiencing his resurrection. Like Paul said, hey, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Mm.
0: Damien is a powerful communicator. You're going to feel his passion right through the screen, as I hope that you have uh, today during our time together. And so I would just encourage you to connect with Damien, to learn a little bit more, to go on the journey with Seeds of Greatness Ministries, to to truly follow Jesus wherever He is leading you. Because at the end of the day, it's like, this is not goodbye or see you later. This is just another step of us being family, being the family of Jesus together on mission together right here in Vancouver, Washington. And so I'm so excited uh, for Damien. And here just in a a moment, we are actually going to have a moment of prayer over him and bless him and send him out. And so we hope that you will pray with us wherever you find yourselves uh, as we go about this moment. We hope that you take a moment to join us wherever you're at as we pray over Damien's Seeds of Greatness, uh, just to, to pray in your heart, pray in your home. And if you would, just even consider sticking your hands out extended and pray towards that screen, whether how awkward that might be as we just pray a blessing of grace and peace and fruitfulness over Damien and Seeds of Greatness. God, we come to you right now. We pray for Damien. God, we pray for the work that you have already been doing. And we celebrate and we praise that. God, you have been at work through Damien and Seeds of Greatness for many years now. And just as uh, we just pray for this transition into a public church plant. God, we pray for blessing and fruitfulness. We pray for many people to come to know you through his ministry, through his witness, through the people that he is going to connect with in this community. God, we just, we celebrate the work that you are already doing and the work that you will do. We pray that uh, your glory and your presence be ever-present in the life of Damien. God, that as he seeks you, that he walk humbly before you. God, that he invite others to follow you faithfully. God, and that you would just uh, expand his ministry and his witness beyond Uh, All that we could ask or imagine. God, we uh, celebrate just again how you are faithful and loving, God. How you passionately pursue that. God, uh, we just pray that his strategy bear fruit. God, that the values become evident and people come to know you. That they come to recognize that greatness lies within them through the power of Jesus. Through your power, God. That people are empowered. People are set free. People know that they are loved and not alone through this man and his ministry. God, we bless him. We send him. God, you are good. And we just are just so grateful for Damien, God, and that you have called him to this communion.
2: Father, we are just grateful. Grateful for the friendships and relationships that have come from connection with Damien and those who call Seeds of Greatness their home and those who are ex- just exploring it right now. God, I am thankful for just the impact that they have already had, not just on our community, but even us around generations. How they have continued to push us to pursue Jesus, to see him in different ways, to worship differently, to even just, God, just experience you God, I'm I'm excited for what you are going to do. God, we have no idea where this is going to go, what this is going to lead to, but God, we know that you are at the forefront of all of this. Your Holy Spirit is orchestrating this relationship. You are leading, Damien. You are creating seeds of greatness and calling people to this, and I'm so excited to just see how your Holy Spirit leads in this ministry. God, I just pray as they go forward that uh, even in times of trouble of stress of anxiety of things constantly changing that god they are able to rest in you have hope they even have joy in the midst of struggle of stress and knowing that god you are there you are present that you have called them to this god i am i'm excited for who they get to connect with the witness they get to have for the community how they get to continue to point people to jesus in all that they do and everything that happens around there i know i know where their hearts at i know where their passion is and i'm so excited to see that lived out in our community to begin to reach the lost those who haven't connected with you or maybe those who just have a fractured relationship because of past experiences that god they get to see you just through this relationship through this connection with seeds of greatness and god uh us at generations we just want to We want to bless them. We want to encourage them. We want to continue to support them and nurture this friendship and relationship and just equip and empower them however we can to go live out what you have called them to. I just pray that you continue to work. You continue to speak. You continue to guide. And you just continue to show us who you are and what you are calling us to. God, we do this all in your son's name. Amen.